Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Butler steps in for the steal and slam. Jimmy Butler doing it all. It is the Jimmy Butler Show tonight in South Florida. It's a rebound by McCollum ahead for Hayes. Early release, another jam at the other end as he sledgehammers it in. Leading by as many as nine, trailing by eight. It's off to Jones, quick feet, corner three. Ingram got it! <laughs> it's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go, 5 o'clock hour, we're tracking NBA action. As we told you just a couple minutes ago, a big first quarter and a half for the Nets at the Celtics. They're up 14, 45 to 31. Also keeping an eye on what the crowds at the A's games look like. Um, it's one nothing right now, Baltimore leads going to the bottom of the sixth at Oakland. There are less than 4,000 people there. Again, it's going to be a crazy, crazy season. We'll get into that in the Big Five. We've got a lot of NBA to get to updated on. Uh, one quick note on VGK tonight. Um, scant hopes. They have to get some help, especially with the opponents of the LA Kings, but real scant hopes of making the playoffs. I thought today was weird in our local paper I saw the headline at the top of the page up until about two hours ago. Did Robin Leonard play his final game with the Golden Knights? I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Like, is there some news? He's done. Um, And I read Dave Sheen's story, and there was really no mention of that. And then within minutes, I'm also seeing all over the place that it was likely that Leonard was playing tonight. Like, okay, what? what? I don't don't know what I missed here. I don't don't know what's going on. Um, And nothing is guaranteed, but it seems like Leonard is playing. And there are a lot of people out there who are shocked right now that Robin Leonard may play. We'll get to that later in the five o'clock hour, but uh, he could be the guy tonight. And they, I mean, obviously they have to win the rest of the way. Just one quick mention about, and you know, I, I do this in, uh, in Adam Hill's stead. I should just let him talk about it, but he, he talks all the time about what we're all covering now. Right. And how things work. And especially on the online side where you can track every single hit you get and you can see how long people stay on a story and all that. And if you've noticed, uh, the RJ has gone to a, hey, it's Raiders and just about everything else is way behind the Raiders. The number one story on the site today was not, I mean, that's that's a good headline. Like, I don't know if it was clickbaity or not, but did, or has Robin Leonard played his last game for the Knights? I mean, I, I went to it. Mm-hmm. That was the third rated story on the site. The top story was simply the announcement of who's calling the Hall of Fame game with Jax and the Raiders. NFL kicks the living crap out of everything else. And if you want to know, I guess this is a story we have to cover down the road. I hadn't even seen this, uh, right? It didn't put two and two together. Tariko Collinsworth, right? Because remember, Al Michaels is gone. Tariko Collinsworth and Melissa Stark is back. Okay. I feel like she hasn't been on network TV in the longest time. And I, when I saw her on the uh, Madden documentary, I was like, that's right. You know, she rose to really high levels at a pretty young age. But what that also means is uh, Catherine Tappan, who got a lot of uh, snuff action, Sunday Night Football action, when Tafoya was going through that whole weird thing where, you know, uh, she's done with football or she wanted to go, you know, political route. Um, it looks like Tappan is out and Stark will be taking over. Right now, that's that's the most traffic story. <laughs> that's on August 4th. It'll be on Channel 3 locally. It's the Sunday Night Football crew. The new crew is Tariko Collinsworth and Melissa Stark. 
Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Always love having John Von Tobel on as the company, especially when he's got uh, a week or four day set where he's got the fun pass. So what's going on? The family's out of town for two weeks. Two weeks from this, like just the let's Saturday, get crazy Saturday that just passed. Yeah, let's get crazy. You have every night open now. Yeah, every night, yeah. Well, you have to get up at like five in the morning and write your NBA stuff. But yeah. still, but still, yeah. Every you know, I'll push through that. Every night's available. Now, I will say this. So uh, with them being out of town, first off, it's also very surreal. And when I type this out, because uh, now I have two sons, I have two children. Um, Got to be quiet. It's very quiet, but it's also it's always weird to when I tell people, like when I put in the email to you, the boys are out of town. You know what I mean? I have plural. I have boys now. Uh, so it's always kind of weird to put that. But yeah, I live in a now I'm in a three bedroom apartment all by myself. It's quiet. I will say, look, I'm not like a chicken guy. But I've been sleeping with the door closed because I just, the big empty house, like, you know what I mean? Empty apartment. Really? Just kind of, I don't know, it's a weird empty void and a lot of darkness. I'm like, ah, just close the door. I don't really need that. But I realized how old I am because yesterday, so I was like, that's my free day. You know what I mean? I'm going to go out. I don't have any writing or interviews to do yesterday. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit up my buddy Danny. We're going to go out and get a drink and watch them. And it was just me at Bourbon Street with Danny sitting there, had two beers, Lost $40 on the video poker machine, and then I went home. You've been missing out on all this. Yeah. I, God, these kids and the wife, they, they, they're keeping me from doing stuff. And then when you have a chance to do stuff, you're like, well, this is it, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Like, that, that was it. I was, like, sitting there, and I'm like, this is something. <laughs> like, I'm not at home, but I have human Yeah. I will home. say with you, uh, I'm not going to say you married people because I'm basically married. But with you parents – you really do not lose a lot of your friends. They're just kind of by the wayside. So when you need to call on them, that's not true. Like, do you have a bunch of friends still that you're pretty tight with? Oh yeah. Okay. I, I feel like, like I feel like a like a lot of parents. It's just like there's no time to have friends and hang out, man. Oh yeah, I still got friends. Okay, good for you. Yeah. Now, like, well, you I better I get a better hookup than the one last night because that sounds like. Crap. But, but also, like, you know, like one of my one of my very tight friends, you, you, you know, her and her husband, they both have three. Cho- they have three children, okay. right? So, so you have something uh, in common. Yeah. So like. When we plan like really big blowouts, like let's go out and do all these things, like you know, big it's blowouts. it's in advance. Well, but I will say this, like I still have it. This is also part of me being old. I still have it in me. Like you know, a couple of months ago, there was a a trip to Fremont Street, getting wild and having too much to drink, and you know, inhaling things, doing all those good fun things. But like, I hate the way I feel the next day. <laughs> like it's not like it's not in the twenties where I could like do it and wake up and go to Starbucks at you know six in the morning to work. It's not. I hate the way I feel. I think you're. Time. I think you're out of shape. I think you're out of drinking shape. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. I think there's something to that. Yep. Because uh, myself and the SO are not young. But you but can put them away. We're, well, she she'll get up early. I'm still good. I had I'm still pretty good in in terms of not feeling horrific. I think you have to get yourself into drinking shape. I had it's a sad reality of my existence now. It's not, not something to be proud of. One of my new favorite things is because I'm a big Jack and Coke guy. Uh, who isn't? Um, but. So they're starting to finally sell, like, pre-mixed canned Jack and Cokes at, like, you know, the uh, liquor stores and all these things. So I buy four packs of those all the time to, like, have a home or whatever. But, like, Steve, I have one. And I'm, like, feeling good. Yeah. You feel that, like, wave in the front of your brain? And I'm, like, wow, all right. This is crazy. This is getting ridiculous. Wow. One. Oldest guy on the show. His oldest member of the company right here. Don't get me started when I start smoking. It's crazy. Number four. I don't know what I missed, but I guess I better drop Netflix. Does Netflix suck now? What's going on? 
So I will say it's lost two million subscribers. So I'm not a big consumer of Netflix. Like we have Netflix in my house because my wife watches it. Sorry, uh, they lost two hundred thousand subscribers yeah. first quarter of 2022. Keep going. Um, but she and she watches it because they have a a plethora of K dramas. I don't know if you're in on this, but she likes Korean dramas a lot. Um, so yeah, she watches a lot of them. Okay. And actually, I will say there was one. It was called. I think it was, it was called Gabby. It was pretty good, but it was like the plot line was older news reporter being replaced by younger, more beautiful news reporter. But like they're in the same. I walk in and my my wife's explaining this to me, and she and it's a scene where they're both standing next to each other, and I'm like, which one's supposed to be the old and ugly one? Like they're both like young and flawless, and I'm like, all right, whatever, it's ridiculous. But she watches it more than I do. I will say, I have stopped watching Netflix because. There's been about four shows that I can count off the top of my head that I have watched, got invested in, and they have canceled within two seasons. And it's just not worth it anymore. A show that I enjoy will ultimately be canceled by Netflix. It happened to a lot. Uh, my wife, uh, Good Girls, I don't know if you, Christina Hendricks, all that, she got into that. They canceled it after four seasons. Um, Santa Clarita Diet was one I really liked with Drew Barrymore, Timothy Oliphant. They canceled that after, I think, three seasons. And in the middle of these stories, too. Like I've just I've become less invested in Netflix because they just keep cycling through these shows, canceling them early and not following them up. You know, it's funny. Every Netflix show list uh, is listed here that was canceled in 2021. I didn't watch any of them. So, yeah, I don't know. I It feels pricey to me. I know they raised the price. It feels pricey to me. Yeah. So maybe I have to investigate. Although in in my house, we're not allowed to get rid of anything once we have it. So that's uh, it, okay. I'm not going to say it turns into a big fight. But every once in a while, I suggest like, hey, how about we get rid of this? No, I'll pay for it. I'm like. All right, I guess we'll keep it. Or you start using it for all of a sudden again, right? It's like, how about we, you know, we haven't watched Hulu in two months. Oh, no, I'll start watching it. So they start watching you, know, <laughs> you start watching it for like two months and then you drop it again. But also, like, to me personally, I use different apps more. You know, I'm more of an HBO guy. Like, what HBO offers, I watch more. I also get that free because I have unlimited data on my phone. So that's something different. Um, what's it called? Crunchyroll, which is like a big anime database. Uh, that we use okay. it's like a netflix for anime we watch uh, we watch that more together than we do like so you netflix. just think is netflix just targeting the wrong audience now i guess we gotta I figure know. this out I, I i don't feel bad for netflix i paid them a good amount of money over the years and if it's not not worth it i'm moving on i, I think i don't know like i, I mean maybe the more original programming has kind of lost its luster i mean there hasn't been a lot of original netflix shows there's outside. a lot of competition now yeah there is i mean and look at the things like and i would say too Places like Apple TV is a really good example, right? Apple TV is not only going after the NFL, but Apple TV is also getting all of these stars invested into their shows, right? They have John Hamm doing commercials for their stuff. They have a lot of high, like Ben Stiller's got his show with, uh, oh, you know, what's on there? I can't remember the guy's name. I can see him in my mind's eye. But like Ben Stiller's got a show that he's producing, directing on there. Uh, the Ted Lasso is on there. So I think it's part of the problem too. Number three. Okay, every week. I don't know which team knows how to play the game. Who am I supposed to follow? Who knows the rules of baseball? Because two weeks ago, it was the Padres all pissed off at the Giants because Kapler and company were bunting up big. And then some guys, you know, screaming at one of the Giants coaches control that mother blanker. But now the Padres don't know how to play the game, apparently. And the Reds, who, by the way, the Reds have been accused by the Cardinals of not knowing how to play the game. So I don't know who 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 who, de- who determines the rules. I watched this play multiple times yesterday. This is Luke Voigt coming home. Uh, the contact to me looked a bit arbitrary. I don't think he did it on purpose. Give it a listen. Voigt is headed for third, maybe beyond. Yep, Mike Schultz going to wave him around. Here comes the throw. He will be out at the plate, and what a collision there. So Voigt 
comes in hard and a collision with Tyler Stevenson and Stevenson slow to get up somehow held on to the baseball but boy you get hit full speed by Luke Voigt you're gonna feel it. Voigt's a big guy former catcher so he respects catchers he slid there was some contact up high the Padres apparently thought and I use the word arbitrary it's not the right word the Padres thought that Voigt took his hands and slammed the catcher's head to the ground Um, I think he pushed the catcher off with his right hand. I don't think he did anything on purpose, but this now got to the level of Tommy Pham, who's a Vegas guy, but can get a little, you know, amped up from time to time, right? He now wants to fight Luke Voigt in any whatever uh, venue. He knows a gym owner in the area. It could be Muay Thai, as he was saying. So apparently Pham now wants to fight Luke Voigt over the slide because, well, the Reds. By the way, Pham came from the pocket. Yeah. Okay. So so now the Reds are the arbiters of how to play the game, and the Padres have screwed up now. Yeah, I don't really understand. And if you watch the play, um, Stevenson is kind of outside of the base path and reaches in to apply the tag. I mean, it was, it was as they say, a bang-bang play. But I'm kind of just sort of like, every time something like this happens, not only baseball, as you said, in baseball it's, you don't know how to play the game. And overall in sports, every single time it's dirty player. When in reality, sometimes it just happens. Yesterday during the Timberwolves and Grizzlies game, you saw, I don't know if you saw John Morant. Uh, it was a hard screen by Carl Anthony Towns. His leg kind of whips around a little bit. He gets hurt and banged up. He ultimately returns to the game. But immediately you have a guy like Warren Sharp tweeting out the clip and going, Carl Anthony Towns is a scumbag. And it's like, no, he's not. He's trying to set a screen. Like, what, what are we doing? And it's every, every play. Every play, if somebody gets hurt, it's like, that's a dirty play. You're a dirty player. Like, no, it's not. It's a physical sport. I mean, baseball is a at times. Mm-hmm. Yes, they outruled the you know the catcher interference stuff at the. Let the they had all these rules in place for safety. Every once in a while, there's going to be some contact. Someone's going to get hurt. Stop being so soft. Number two. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. Uh, everyone's a gambling expert now. Everyone's a gambling expert. Apparently not Woj. Uh, Woj was talking about Kyrie Irving, the fifty thousand dollar fine, the vitriol that's going on with the Celtics crowd and Kyrie and I I thought he actually brought up an interesting point now there are some there's some weird references in here by Woj but Woj is saying hey people are even more amped up when they go to games because they may have money on the game there's a different dynamic with Kyrie Irving in Boston Mm -hmm. but as gambling becomes more prevalent in the arena people gambling on almost everything that goes on with the game and they're drinking players organizations and you talk to them they already feel it in the arena and when people are losing money in real time and they're pointing to a player on the court that said, hey, I bet you to score more points in the second quarter than somebody else, and I lost. You're adding an element to that that we're not talking as much about, but is a real factor in this league. And I think you are going to see more instances of, of fans being even more vitriotic yeah. toward players in this league. Okay, first of all, I think, he, I think he made it clear at the beginning that he wasn't talking about Kyrie versus the Celtics fans, that betting's affecting that relationship. Uh, but I think people misunderstood him at the beginning. Here's the thing with Woj. First of all, he's a writer. He is not a polished broadcaster. There are times what he's saying is a little bit truncated and broken up. Because he also mentioned, like, I I assume this is not a real bet. You can't bet in-game, second quarter, head-to-head matchups. So I heard that. But I saw a lot of gambling people, by the way, who were like three years gambling experts, newly anointed, who were flipping out on him. The point he's making is fans are more fired up than ever. And that can be a factor in some places where fans... Now, I, I, what would the case be? You're, you're mad at your own player? 
because he's not performing well enough. You thought this was that off base? Yeah, I do. We cut, and this is why. Because you mentioned, and this is my only overall problem with it, because you're right. When he says at the beginning, he's not tying the Kyrie Irving thing into it. My problem is, is that you are using that instance to then go and make this point that needed did, did not need to be made. This, this is not something where in, a, in an arena of 25,000 people, let's say, out of this market in an NBA game, how many people realistically in that arena have a bet in some form or fashion? We're to the point where it's going to become, as he says, vitriotic, which it's vitriolic. Um, in these sort of things, like to me, you're trying to excuse fan behavior by putting the onus on sports betting as opposed to looking around and going, you know, it's been a bigger problem in arenas over the last hundred years, alcohol. And he barely mentions it in there and then moves on to that. If you're going to start. So you, so you felt like this was an attack on gambling? Right. It, it because, and, and it's not even like I'm sitting here, like take it up for gambling. To me, it's a bigger thing of when you have people who are somewhat uneducated on the topic and gambling is a new thing, they're going to build these mountains of like these small issues when they're not really issues. And I just feel like when you come, when it comes to sports gambling becoming more mainstream and especially on shows like this, like NBA Today, your panel should not be Adrian Wojnarowski, Malika Andrews, Zach Lowe, and Richard Jefferson. You should have somebody on there that can at least speak to the other side of being like, Woj, I think you're making a little bit of a ridiculous point. You're building up this somewhat straw man argument out of an event that had nothing to do with it, which was Kyrie Irving and the Boston Celtic fans, and also not addressing one of the bigger issues, which is the fact that fans are drunk and drunk people get angry. And there have been numerous terrible events between fans and players well before this because of alcohol as opposed to gambling. And that's my problem with it. Number one. How many books did you see move the Warriors to the favorite? To- well, I got uh, an email from one of my buddies, uh, Towton and Offshore, saying that the Warriors are now the favorite at plus 225, uh, plus whatever, 310, where the Suns and the Bucks were behind that just under four to one. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing the Warriors now as a favorite at a lot of books? Not a lot. Okay. It's, it's very few. Like certain shops like DraftKings and others, I think MGM, I'm going to double check MGM right now, uh, but they still have the uh, the Suns on top. I mean, I just saw away. yesterday, I think William Hill had the Suns minus 150 to win the West, and you could get the Warriors at two to one. Yeah, I mean, like that's something worth investing in, I think. Like the Suns, I don't believe should be odds it, on favorite. You know what? Hold tight. Is it? I know you love Dr. Dre, Draymond Green. I know oh, you're a fan start. of. I know you're a fan of don't Warriors start. play. I think we're all getting a little too geeked up at the books about the Warriors. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers five seven zero nine thousand. In his first two starts, and he had promised to an underprivileged school in uh, New York before that ball game that he would donate 600 MacBooks if he went two innings or more tonight in that ball game. Certainly a nice gesture on his part. He ended up getting taken out of the game going an inning and two-thirds. Wow. Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Wait, Garrett Cole was going to donate a bunch of MacBooks, had to throw two innings, pitch an inning and two-thirds, all the kids get screwed? That's real? No, it's not. That was the Angels broadcast? And they fell for a fake New York Post story. Which, yeah, it's, it's under, Isn't it under New York Porch? Yeah, like something ridiculous. And can I just say, okay, really, let's just take two seconds to think about this logically, okay? Garrett Cole promised 
that he would buy 600 laptops yeah. for these kids. Yeah. If, but here's the thing, the the the, the supposed ace of the Yankees right. said, I'll, oh, "I'll give you those laptops, but only I'm, if I go less than two innings." He's the ace. You know how terrible of a deal that is for the kids, and how much of a piece of garbage he would be for making a deal like that. Just, By the way, it was a, it was more than two innings, right? And he came up short. You right, what that's what I'm saying. Okay. So, like, he's like, for, but for him to set like, the bar, bar that yeah. long, right? Exactly. <laughs> and he still couldn't get there. <laughs> Dirtbag, Garrett Cole. Come on now. All right, so the Warriors have looked great so far. Suns lose to the Pelicans. Like I said, I swear I saw it yesterday. Western Conference, Suns were minus 150. Warriors, 200. Uh, not 200 to 1. Uh, plus 200, 2 to 1. Well, you might have because, remember, Devin Booker's hurt. So there's a change there. He's, he's going to be on for the next two games. That's probably why you've seen the adjustment. For the Western Conference, though. Yeah, for the Western Conference. So now it's Suns plus 125, Warriors plus 135. Uh, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, I had uh, an offshore book email me saying, hey, Warriors are the favorite now. Listen, I think the Warriors are completely fascinating. They're a, a tough, tough matchup, especially you know if they're gonna if they can get away with Wiggins playing power forward and Draymond playing center, and then you know Splash Brother, new Splash Brother, Splash Son, mm-hmm. Jordan Poole, right, works out well with the water. Pool party. They're dangerous if they can get away with this. But we do need to mention John. I know you love the Warriors. They are like minute by minute. A risk to bet because of age and brittleness. I mean, to a certain extent, they're the healthiest they've been though all year long. I mean, they they got healthy at the right time. Are they going to? They're not using stuff like this the rest of the playoffs. Off the bench, no. <laughs> I, think I mean, it's still pretty good. It's, oh, uh, here's 25 minutes and 35 points. No, because if you've watched and if you've watched the first two games, like they were actually mirror image of one another, which was it got off to a back and forth start. Nuggets open up like a really uh, you know solid lead early because Steph Curry's not playing, and then Curry's like, all right, let's end this. Like, put Curry back out there. Let's put this uh, our new death lineup out there and let's see what happens. And they flipped a 10 point deficit into like a 30 point lead in the span of a quarter and a half. You know I can't stand them though. And I, had, I, I had the because you got to eat your words, it, dude. It's all of them. You were so because wrong. they were they were annoying the crap out of Jokic. Draymond comes down and like there was no contact. He throws himself to the floor and they blow a whistle on Jokic. He's getting all pissed off. The other, can I tell you? I had the ultimate old guy moment. Just watching the highlights because they're kind of doing the stuff that they did when they were at their peak where. They shoot a lot of jumpers and just turn around and run the other way. Mm-hmm. And I swear, because like, oh, I'm going to make it. I swear. I want to see them lose the NBA title on. Like not crashing the not, glass. On not own. crashing the glass on your own shot. Right. I know that is the ultimate old guy thing, but it try, it drives me nuts. It's so my relationship is with so Warriors, cocky. It's so and now weird. Jordan Poole does it. Yeah, he's good. Um, Curry, I mean, Jordan Poole is awesome. But my relationship with the Warriors has kind of gone in this weird direction because I was with like the beginning, right? Like watching those games against the LeBron and Timofey Mozgov Cavaliers <laughs> in the NBA Finals, and the when they lost the finals in part because Curry did a stupid behind the back pass out of bounds. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed that, yeah. And I can understand that's annoying to a certain extent, but also like from just and because you like basketball a lot too, like from a, from a basketball standpoint, like they're so aesthetically pleasing. When you have Draymond Green at the five, when they're small like that and they can switch everything that they want, doesn't matter. They can shoot from almost every single position on the floor, save for Draymond. And even then, if he's wide, wide open, he'll take the shot. I just, it is such an incredible like form of basketball to watch that I've really come around on it. Now, there's a couple of things. 
think the Nuggets are probably the perfect team to break that lineup out against. We'll see as you move forward uh, if you know, how other teams handle it. But uh, I think they're they're closing the gap in the odds, rightfully so, because of they're they're healthy now, and the Suns just lost Devin Booker for a couple of games. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. He sets up with Brown and McCray all on the right side. Cavalio on the right hip of Lyles. Quick throw, fade, right side of the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown, McCray, as the Nighthawks are right back into it. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and company. Little Nighthawks action over at the uh, DLC. We have not had a chance to talk about the uh, indoor football league at all. And, you know, it turns out that they've actually got several UNLV players on the roster. One of them is a familiar face from just a couple of years ago and Gabe McCoy. And he joins us here to talk a little football, talk a little Nighthawks, a little bit of rebel action as well. Gabe, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Oh, we appreciate you calling in. So what do you guys got coming up here in terms of the schedule? You hit the road? Yeah, so we're on our road for the next two weeks, and then uh, then we come back to Vegas, I think, on May 8th, around 3 p.m. game on May 8th. But, uh, yeah, we're on the way to Wisconsin on Saturday, and the next week we're on to Massachusetts. All right. All right. Are those are those coveted trips in the indoor football league, the, the Green Bay blizzard? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's a pretty uh, pretty snowy out there right now. So uh, those are both well-coached teams, uh, really good teams, good organizations. So, we definitely got to be in our A game for sure. But, uh, yeah, next home fun, game's up on the eighth. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Next uh, home game's up on the eighth at the uh, at the DLC AXS.com is where you can get your tickets for the Nighthawks. So let, let's talk about where you are right now in terms of uh, your football career. So this is is this your second year in the indoor football league? Second year, yeah. Last year I was up in Iowa. I played for the Iowa Barnstormers for for, uh, for a year last year. Okay, so what'd you learn the last year, and what what's indoor football like as opposed to you know the the old school football that you played forever? Man, I, you know I've been playing football since I was seven, and you know I never seen football as fast as this football, and it's just it's so technical, you know, it's so short, you know, so condensed, but you still got to be very technical. You got to things happen so fast, you really got to be on your keys pre snap, after the snap, and during the play, you know, and, and communication between uh, all seven other defenders besides myself is very key, you know, in this game because. You know, one mess up on defense, you know, it always can turn into a touchdown or, or a big play. So, uh, really, for my transition into this game, just being more locked in on my keys and then uh, learning the game and playing faster. I would, I'm curious, like, as somebody, like, as a defender, what's the mentality like? Because these games can get pretty high scoring. Yeah. So, I, I would feel like it's kind of hard not to beat yourself up as a defense when it's uh, like a, a shootout because it's the game. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it's funny because we always, we always just talk last year about just, you know, you can't be on yourself because, you know, the, the game is made for offensive scoring. You know, that's what people come to get. That's what sells tickets. That's why people come to games. But, you know, our, our goal as a defense is, you know, just stop them as many times as, we, as possible as you can. Of course, you want to you want to bring people under 21 points. But realistically, in this game, you know, it's, uh, it's just a short field. So it, it's, eventually you're going to get into the end zone. But uh, our biggest goal is, you know, make make people – Work for what they can go. They're gonna get. You know, we can't have one play drives where people just scoring on us. We gotta have people having 10, 11 play drives where it's, it's hard to get into the red zone and make it make it make it tough down there for. Former UNLV Rebel and uh, currently with the Vegas Nighthawks, Gabe McCoy is up with Cofield and Company. So how'd you hook up with the Nighthawks? Man, uh, man, I shot my shot, man. As soon as I seen that uh, we were we were getting a team out here in Vegas, man. You know, Vegas is uh 
a second home for me, you know, being from California, but come out here at 18 years old, you know, this is kind of where I grew up, uh, like, on my own as far as, like, becoming a man on my own. So, you know, Vegas is always my second home. So when I seen that they were getting a new team, I had to shoot Coach Mike, Mike D a text, and, uh, you know, I went to the tryout and uh, was able to do my thing there and, uh, you know, got myself a spot on the team, and then from there it was up. So for you, what's the goal? What's the goal football-wise long-term? Definitely, uh, you know, definitely want to be able to go back outside. Uh, you know, our Canadian Football League is, you know, is where a lot of people go that come from this league. But uh, my biggest goal is being in the NFL. You know, I never got my shot to actually, you know, have a have a draft process and all those things because, you know, the COVID situation messed up my pro day and then couldn't go meet with the teams I was supposed to meet with. So my biggest thing is getting outside, you know, getting enough film to get into the NFL, you know, and within these next year or two and I gave myself you know a two year two three year span to chase my dream while I can you know I'm still young you know I still feel athletic I still feel you know I still feel the urge to want to get on that field and play you know I still got the energy that I always had at UNLV so might as well you know keep going while I can you know this this is one of my callings in life I feel so I've always wondered what is the process I mean you just said you 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 know you shot your shot by uh, reaching out to the coach but I mean you know, if you wanted to get into the CFL, you wanted to get into the, the USFL or the XFL down the road, how do guys who, you know, are outside the NFL, how do you make contacts? How do you actually get a chance? Man, uh, for, to be honest with you, it's, it's uh, it could be two things. I, like for some some guys, they got good enough agents where, you know, they, they, they're they able to have the uh, type of stature and the type of connections where they can just have an agent hook them up as soon as they get some good film or so then they get like a, a good stat line or whatever. But on the other side, it's just, you know, being able to have that uh, word of mouth, you know, you know, uh, being, being coaches and, you know, uh, CFL guys coming out to watch you. And uh, you even you yourself shooting a shot in those cases too as well, like sending your family to coaches as well. That, I've heard that's worked as well. But uh, as far as, you know, if you're doing it on your own like me with no agent, you know, you got to be able to uh, have good people around you and, uh, you know, have, have people be able to, but shoot your name out there for you, when you can't yourself. The voice of Gabe McCoy was a standout defensive player for UNLV, a defensive end and linebacker. Who are some of the other familiar names that people might know, uh, Las Vegas fans might know, who are on the Nighthawks? Um, well, we had my man D. Sneed at the beginning of the season, but he, uh, he ended up going to a different team. You know, he had a, he had a better chance of doing his thing there. So, yeah, we ended up uh, having D. Sneed. Then we have uh, standout corner, you know that was you know he got I think he got, our senior year he got second uh, second team all league. Uh, Jericho Flowers, who's doing pretty well with the team right now, and uh, that's my guy. And then we got uh, Darren Woods uh, over out here from uh, UNLV. Okay, we got four guys. Who's uh, who's kicking? Um, my I don't know, uh, to be honest with you, he was at UNLV. To be fair, he was at yes. UNLV like two years yeah. before I got there. Yeah, it was no. It's Nolan. It's Nolan Cohorst, who I, I heard was basically like just called from his job, and they're like, "Come yeah, kick." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's how it is, though. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just working out, and the coach, and I was just you know working out, working at Amazon, and doing my thing, and, and just hoping for opportunity. And then one of the coaches last year just hit me up about playing in the league, and I never thought about playing in the indoor football league, but you know, once you put those pads on, you start hitting again. It's like, man, football is football. You know, you learn the game you love. So you and I, you know, you love to play the game you love. So once, oh, once got, that, I was going to say it's, it, it's got to be tough walking away. Uh, do you keep in touch with any of your uh, former teammates? You know, not the Nighthawk guys who are from oh, yeah. UNLV, but any oh, other yeah, rebels. 
All the time. All my guys. All my guys. Uh, all the old quarterbacks. All my guys like Javon White, uh, Evan Ostry, uh Man, so many names. Tyler Noah, O'Reilly. So many. My man Mike Hughes, who uh, we were we were roommates for a long time here in, in town. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys still here in town. You Lady know, uh, we work together. Nate Oishi, we work together right now. So yeah. a lot of guys. Um. You know, there. It's funny that as they as they transition the program from Sanchez to Arroyo, there's actually more than a few guys who were brought in. You know, at the end of the Sanchez era, who have actually turned out to be pretty good players uh, for this UNLV team. Have you been paying attention to what's going on with the uh, you know the, the last year and a half or so with UNLV football? Yeah, I keep I keep a short little eye out. You know, that's my, that's always going to be my auto monitor. So I always keep my eye out for the team. You know, I talked to a couple guys there, but uh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I'm happy to roll the cards, man. I hope those guys really, really pick it up for for uh, for UNLV this year, man. Because uh, we got some athletes. We always get athletes. We just got to always end up putting the, putting everything together and you know playing as a team, being able to execute. What do you think of Armani Rogers and his chances at the NFL playing tight end? And that man is an athlete. He could do he could do it all, man. <laughs> I remember at practice every day. You know, I used to always give him crap about, you know, playing quarterback and trying to run all the time with us and stuff. But he can run. That man can run. He can run routes. He can do – he can he play defense if you want to, play DN, play linebacker. But he, he's an athlete, all-around athlete. So, Gabe, I know you graduated back in 2019. It was, what, interdisciplinary studies, and I think you were still looking at doing a master's for a higher education. If if football doesn't work out, what, do you, what are your long-range goals? What are you going to do? Football is working. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, getting. In, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm getting into getting into doing some athletic, athletic uh, directing out over here. Maybe, maybe go back home in Pittsburgh, or I might end up even out here in Vegas. Uh, I'm not too sure yet, but I've been uh, working at this high school, uh, Lake Mead Christian Academy. So I've been getting some good pointers out here, and you know, learning learning some stuff from the, this uh, this guy Jeff Newton out here over here at Lake Mead. So I've been uh, getting some real good. Uh, Analysis on being the coming athletic director, so that's one of the goals. But I definitely, gotta go back and finish my masters. You know, I got a couple things I'm thinking about. You know, I got a lot of opportunities that can come my way. But uh, for sure, keep eye on football first. Yeah, I was gonna say you got time. You're a young guy. Good luck with football, and we appreciate you giving us a couple minutes. And we'll see you out of one of these games soon. Okay. Yes, sir. Let's do it. There he is, Gabe McCoy, former defensive end linebacker with UNLV, one of the Tony Sanchez guys. And you know, I did mention that some of the dudes that Sanchez brought in at the very end, his last year, you know, as he was really trying to fix up the defense, they've turned into some pretty good players. So uh, Bryce Jackson and Phillip Hill has been a little bit beat up. But I'll, I'll tell you, one of the best stories, and uh, I hope to do another feature on him again this coming year, we talked about him last year, is uh, Eliel Ahimare, who a, was a junior college guy who came in under Sanchez, and he has turned into, I, I think, their best defensive lineman. Uh, not a gigantic guy, but freaking strong. You know, six two, two eighty five. Uh, remember talking to him last year, John, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I kind of consider myself more of a a pass rusher than anything else on the defensive line." And you know, they play a three four. Well, by the end of the year, he developed into like one of the best linemen. I mean, on the field all the time. And I think he's he will be one of the guys. Like they're gonna have a big rotation in that front seven where they're because they've gotten a lot more depth from the transfer portal. He will be the one guy I think you will see out there all the time. And he was one of those guys. And this is this is why I love college football. Um, there's a lot of reasons to love it. But not everyone comes in as a five and four star. You know, like, there are a lot of undersized guys. And this is why I wonder when when people recruit, especially defensive linemen, how do you know? 
How do you know when you're watching JUCO and especially high school, like generally a division one defensive lineman or a prospect for it is going to be bigger than everyone else. But then what happens when all of a sudden they look across, you know, next to him and every guy around Same him, size. right? Or you look across every freaking guard, the center, the tat. Now everyone's 315. You're not the big bully anymore. Right. And you're getting smacked in the mouth. So there's some interesting stories. Uh, I, tomorrow we'll probably do, uh, we'll spend a little extra time on UNLV football and talk about a kid, Jeray Williams, who last year was emerging as a leader on the defense. He's a defensive back. Um, it, he, he wasn't eligible last year. Um, it looks like he's going to be one of the leaders and kind of a flex guy playing cornerback, playing some safety, doing some blitzing. And the defensive players we've talked to so far, other than Jeray Williams, have all referenced him, like how the defense has changed. And he is a guy. Listen, listen to the story. So, you know, Jacoby Winman, mm-hmm. best player on the defense last year, best or second best player on the team, along with Charles Williams. He goes to Michigan State, right? So he's playing in the Big Ten, and I hope he does well there. He's he's a physical freak, right? Guy put on a bunch of weight. The way, he was recruited. I, I think I think I have this right. Uh, Sanchez had gone on a trip to go recruit a quarterback in Louisiana, right? So Travis Mumphrey. They got the commit from Mumphrey, and they I think they had known about Winman, but Winman was a linebacker and a wide receiver. They they see Winman and are like, all right, like this guy could be a really good player. So they get Winman on a trip where they're not necessarily recruiting him. It's Mumphrey. Mumphrey didn't work out. Well, Winman had a tie to this kid, Jare Williams. Now Jare Williams may turn into one of the most valuable players on defense, all going back to recruiting this quarterback mm-hmm. in Louisiana from Las Vegas. Right? Yeah. And it's just proof that, again, every every you know, a guy who turns into a, a contributor or a really good player is not necessarily a four or five star. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, this one was never going to be easy for the Nets. They were out to 14 and 15 point leads. 17 was the highest. 17 was the highest, okay. Uh, Now Boston has cut it to five, five and a half minutes left in the third. Brooklyn's up 77 72. You have a bet on this one? Uh, I went in-game money line on the uh, the Boston Celtics. What'd you get it at? Uh, plus one, I think, like thirty. Nothing crazy. Okay. So, oh, that is the possession that's going to kill you. Oh, what Jalen yeah, Brown gonna... just dribbles it off his off his left foot and out of bounds. I mean, I, he, now unbelievable off the right foot. N- n- now I'm going to send Jalen Brown an angry tweet because I bet <laughs> yeah, on it in yeah. game and I'm filled with rage. All right, Woj was a little bit off. Woj was a little bit off. You see that guy right there in the stands? Yeah. I'm sure he's got an in-game part. I'm sure he's the, angry uh, right now. The NBA expert from ESPN tried to say that, you know, part of the issue with Kyrie versus the fans and players versus the fans could be that there's a lot more gambling going on, you know, with people in the arena. You can't bet legally in Massachusetts, but we got his point. It can add some fuel to the fire. It was dumb. Well, I understand it from you guys who make most of your living off of gambling that you're protective of it. No, so. but like I think it's like so you, like you said, okay, to use your example, it adds fuel to the fire. In the raging fire that is fans in an arena cheering for sports fueled by alcohol, somebody took like 
a cup of gasoline and threw it on the fire. I don't yeah. think there's any denying well, that it adds to it. The, the My thing is the way he presented it outside of like, an event that had nothing to do with it, the way he presented it as like some epidemic that was going to start to increase as we go along was a little ridiculous. His premise is also incorrect because we're talking about uh, opposing fans against a player. I would think the problem would actually exist more for the home team player and the home team fans. Well, and also, you know what I mean? Like what, what, like who's like, are you, if you're a Celtics fan, if you could bet, you know, Kevin Durant over under points, if you bet under you're yelling at Kevin Durant, I mean, could you be nasty with him because you're trying to keep him under? Is that the logic? I would think it'd be more of a case where, you know, a guy lets you down and you're mad at him, you know? Jalen Brown, what are you doing? Yeah, I had you for over under two and a half turnovers. That's, or not, a, that's not a real bet. Or yeah. it's the other way around. Like, so you had the under on Kevin Durant. So in the first quarter, when Defensive Player of the Year Marcus Smart got burned on a cut to the basket, you're like, Marcus! Yes. I got him under. I think we need to see more specific examples of where fans are getting crazy because they're gambling. I, I think we need to see a specific example of it because I one, think, one, just just, one. think they're just guessing uh, on what's going on. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Jake Paul, you love him? Did you see his latest call out? The savior of boxing? Uh, sure. Don't hate him. Michael Bisping is the latest call out, which is a little bit absurd. Bisping. He would be a good showman, I think, if it, he agreed to it. Oh, he'd be into the fight, but he's also, he's got an injured eye. Right. Um, I mean, at peak, Michael Bisping should destroy Jake Paul. So I'm interested in seeing these guys fight more. Maybe not the other one. What's the other one's name? But the other Paul? Yeah. Oof, I don't know. Chris Paul? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Paul? That was I the one. Really was, that know. was the one who was in there and kind of did a touch match with uh, Floyd. Yeah, actually, I really Logan. don't know. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Logan. Yeah. So okay. could be Michael Bisping, and then a lot of people were like, well, "Why don't you call it Anderson Silva?" Because he's not stupid, right? Because <laughs> he would get killed by Anderson Silva. Do you not get his game? He's going to fight guys who are just barely on the brink of being arrested. Give you a challenge, put up a good show, and then cash in and move on. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Should Wimbledon bar Russian players because of the war, uh, the war in Ukraine? Should they? Just say no. Okay, no. I was no. going to say, like, no. And this I, isn't being pro-Russia, but, you know, I, I was doing it tongue-in-cheek back, whatever, six weeks ago, two months ago, when I was saying, eh, the NHL needs to go after Ovechkin. They, I mean, in a way, Ovechkin is about as closely tied to Putin as a Putin supporter, a vocal Putin supporter, who could go, you know what, dude, you're a jerk. You're a jerk because he's a jerk and you support a jerk and a despot. But even the NHL wasn't going to be like, Ovi, sorry, because of this war, you Russians aren't playing. Mm -hmm. You can't do it. So Wimbledon's not going to ban Russian players. But I know know we've seen overall action where sporting entities aren't going to play games. They have booted teams, though. The, The... I just think it, this seems to me uh, to be a little too much if we're going after individuals. Well, I think it's more just I mean, to a certain extent, it's so much just grandstanding than anything else. I mean, it's one thing to like you Russian and Belarusian, Belarusian players cannot play in our event. Okay, but are you doing actually anything to support the effort? Like you're you're trying to show that you support the effort of Ukraine, but are you doing anything else other than just saying right. those other people can't play with us? Like M- that's not MP really a gesture. Yeah. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So you and Ovi had a good a good day today. Football, they get Doug Brumfield back out of the portal. He's one of the three quarterbacks who can compete for the starting position. Looked like it was going to be a two-man race. So that's good. 
And Kevin Kruger pulled in another high-profile transfer from a Power 5 school in uh, Luis Rodriguez from Ole Miss. So that's three Power 5 guys in. I think today they made the uh, Colorado player and the Duquesne player official. Coaches can't comment on it until it's official. So good day for UNLV Sports. Uh, Reno looks like the AD is gone. That's a weird one. Uh, Warren Washington is a pretty good center. Yeah, 12.6 rebounds. Wasn't healthy all year. But pretty good player. He's another one of the guys in the mass exodus to get away from Steve Alford. But he chose to go to Arizona State, which I think is really interesting. So did Desmond Cambridge. I kind of figured Alford's style of you know being grading and kind of screaming and yelling, backed up by Noodles Neal, assistant coach, who also is kind of a ball buster, that the spot you would not want to go to is Bob Hurley, who is also kind of a, a chop buster. So I mean, Maybe it's more than just your chops being busted. Well, well, the maybe it's the fact that these guys are conditioned to it, so they're not going to be bothered so much by Bobby Hurley. Yeah, I mean, and, maybe I mean, that's the way they want to be coached. Not everyone wants to be coached. It's not fun to get your your chops busted and then lose a lot, which is which, which what Arizona but, State just did this last. By year. the way, says a lot. Well, Arizona State lost a lot. Reno has now lost two guys to the Pac-12. Sherfield, Grant Sherfield, will probably land in a Power Five. They had three Power Five players on the roster. And they had that bad a season. Now, some of it was injury-related, but, they, I mean, that thing's been underwhelming so far with Alford. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Are you okay? Uh, you told me that from a timing standpoint, and I don't want to get into this, folks, because everyone knows how much I like to talk about uh, as an old guy trying to be regular. But are you okay? I know you have a body clock. You're uh, you're doing some company action now. You're going to make it. You're going to make it home. Poop time is 2.30, and it is 5.57. Whoa. Just put it that way. <laughs> Do you have bubble guts? <laughs> I just feel very bloated. There's a beautiful bathroom here at Battleborn. You could have gone yeah. right out during a, a 10 minutes. You could have done it. Not a Why not do it? Not a public I will see you.